Welcome to the 3PL Summit. Today, we have Ben Kowalski, founder and co-host of the Freight 360 podcast. Thanks for joining us today, Ben. Hey, pleasure to be here. Looking forward to the conversation. So um, the number one question I get asked, and I know for a fact that you guys get asked this as well, as well um, is how do I find shippers? Like, how do I bring on new shippers? How do I grow my business? Um, so what's kind of your favorite way to answer that question? Because there are tons of resources out there. Um, so what's kind of, from your wide experience, what's kind of the best way to even get started with recruiting a new shipper? There are. And I'm going to kind of narrow it down into a more narrow question. And then we'll expand from there, right? Because it is so broad, right? Like, how do I get more business? How do I grow my business? What is the first thing I do? Where where, where do we kind of go wrong? Where do we have common missteps for somebody new in the industry? And I would say one of the biggest things that is important before you set out to ever pick up the phone to call shippers is to determine one, what is the value you're going to add? Like, what are you going to start with? Like, when you pick up that phone, I think one of the most common missteps of people new in this industry, and I only know this, and you and I talked about this in the green room before, is it's because I made the same mistake, right? I, like, I literally have called people, and I've said, hey, you know, I'm from so-and-so brokerage, and we have all of these services and all these benefits, and then you just stop. And then you just expect this shipper, the person on the other end that you called, right, to just all of a sudden shower you with business, right? Oh, hey, thanks for reaching out. Like, here's all these shipments we need help with. Can you help with this? Give me some rates. And I think like the first thing that is important before anybody starts out on their journey is like proper expectations. Because when we know where the hurdles are, at the very least, we're less surprised. So you can at least deal with that emotion, put that aside and have a plan before you reach it, right? So the first thing I think anybody should ask themselves before they're going to pick up the phone to call any shipper is, what is the value you're selling, right? And I think everybody really gets stuck in the, I can do everything and be everything mode that they realize that like the real value isn't being everything to everyone. I always think there's this funny phrase that helps me remember it. Like if you are a jack of all trades, like you're likely a master of none, right? The people that can do a little bit of everything tend to not be as good in the niches. And from a shipper's point of view, that's what they want to hear. They want to hear that what you are doing and the value you want to add to their business is like ideally or specifically related to what they do, not to everybody and everything in the industry, right? Does that make sense? Exactly. That is the number one thing that I tell people to do is, you know, if you decide, if you look at, I don't know, if you go to the grocery store and you find a container of yogurt and you're like, I really like yogurt. I think it'd be cool to haul yogurt or something like that. It doesn't have to be yogurt. It can be anything. Um, but just kind of do your research before you even call that customer, figure out what type of things they ship. If you can get any detail on if they are drop trailer or live load or anything like that, just do your homework and try to figure out as much information as you can. So that way, when you call that shipper, you're not just like, I have the answer to your problems. It's like, hey, I know that yogurt has this food grade and it has to be shipped at a certain temperature. And you know what? We specialize in refrigerated trucks and we specialize in this and make sure that 
you, that shipper knows that like you've done your work and you're not just cold calling them for the sake, excuse me, for the sake of cold calling them. You're calling because you did your homework. You have an interest in their business. And that way I think it just kind of opens it up and makes it a better partnership or even a chance to get that business. And like, if I know that if someone calls me and is like, yeah, I've done my homework. I know everything that I know a lot about your business. This is the exact solution I have that could help you. Then I think like, I would be like, all right, sure. Here's a load or two. Let's see how it goes. And you're right. Like your chances of succeeding when you have that type of understanding are just like statistically much higher, right? Like, and that's really at the end of the day, like there's no magic special sauce. There's no magic bullet. There's no phrase that everybody can say on every phone call that just magically makes business appear, right? What it is are all these little incremental things that you can do that over enough calls, statistically, you have better odds, right? And to your point, right, knowing how somebody ships is super important, right? But I would also kind of put this out there that depending on where your role is in the freight brokerage world is going to depend on how you answer that question. So for instance, if you are working at a brokerage of size where you've got some other people to work with and learn from, the first thing I would want to know is exactly what you pointed out. What are my peers doing in our brokerage? Because everybody has some type of specialization. Maybe it's dry vans, maybe it's produce, maybe it's you know, we've got a lot of lettuce customers that have these specific requirements when we handle them, right? Like, it really doesn't matter what it is. It just matters that you know what that is, right? And the best place to get that answer is to ask the people around you. So if you're in a brokerage, and you're starting out, the first thing I would do is figure out what you guys special in as a company, or maybe even an office, even if you're at a big, you know, 3PL or 4PL, like ask the people around you like, hey, what have you guys been doing lately? Because if you can learn from them and ask and have those questions answered, like you have a huge leg up on the people calling without any of that information, right? Oh, absolutely. Like if if I'm working at a place that specializes in high value freight, then I know that my phone calls are going to be a lot different than if I'm trying to book drive in. When I went from doing being the flatbed person, I had no idea what I was doing. And I was the first one in my office. So I literally just kept calling my carriers like, hey, um... I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but this is what I have to haul. And from that is how I learned. And that's how I started knowing, well, this is what I need to know for shippers. This is what I need to know. This is how it's going to improve this process. Um, so that being said, there are a whole bunch of tools to find new shippers. And some of them, um, I know that there's anything from free resources you can get from the library, all the way up to some software that you can pay thousands of dollars a month for like high quality leads and everything. Do you find that there's more success with those those um, subscriptions that you pay for? Or is it just kind of as a matter of how hard you're willing to work and get in there and really make that contact with that customer? I think it's all of the above. And then we'll drill down into the specifics, right? So first off, I think one of the best things you could do, and it's something you mentioned earlier in, in the same conversation we were just having was like, if you have an interest in something, and I mean, not even necessarily the details of the shipment, like anything related to that industry, remember, you're calling a human being. And that human being works and has a passion usually for the place they're working for, right? There's pride in it. We all want to go to work and have pride in what we create. But when you're calling a shipper, that's what is most likely to build some bond, rapport, and trust. So you might not necessarily be able to find out the details of their shipments, but if you particularly use that product and enjoy it and can speak to that, that is enough to get you a real conversation. We'll go back to yogurt. 
it doesn't really need to matter what it is. What matters is that I care about it, right? And if I buy that yogurt every week and it's the only yogurt my kid likes or the only yogurt I like and I know why I like it above the other yogurts, guess what? Do you think that's pretty likely to matter to the person that makes that product? Absolutely. Right. And just being able to have that conversation like, hey, honestly, I literally use your product every day, every week. Here's why I use it. What I'd like to know a little bit more about is, you know, we're in a similar industry. We'd like to be able to help you out with this. Can you tell me more about it? People love to talk about themselves and the things they're passionate about. You don't need to know necessarily the details of the shipment. That can get you a great in into a good conversation, which opens the door to the next part, right? Which what you pointed out, right? So, okay, we've got a lot of leads. What are the best places to go and find them? I would say if you're early on in your career, like you're just starting out, maybe you're a small business owner. Maybe you opened your own brokerage, right? And you're just starting out and you don't have anyone around you. Maybe paying for leads is probably not the best value of time, right? Because again, when you're early on in your career, just like every one of us, you're going to make mistakes, right? So we don't want a large cost to those mistakes. And there are plenty of free resources. So if you are new to this, you can get a library card. And most libraries throughout the country give you access to Reference USA directly through that library card. There are a few other references, like I think ThomasNet's a pretty good one. And you can honestly just use Google to really get what you need at this point. We don't need super detailed information because again, early on in your career, lots of repetitions, lots of phone calls, lots of mistakes. That's how we all learn. Now, I would say if you're middle of the road, you know, you're two, three years into your career and you're looking to expand your brokerage, I personally use one of those paid lead resources. Like I run a book of business, I'm still in the industry and I use Zoom Info. And I use it because it literally saves me tens of hours every week. Well, that cost of my time is higher now that I'm moving shipments and I have a book of business. You know, when I started out, it wouldn't have been a valuable resource for me. But once you've got some shipments and you've got some real, you know, profit, you're like actually operating and you've got a book of business, now, then I think it's time to consider some of the paid resources because they do save a ton of time. Oh, absolutely. It's kind of one of those where once you kind of already have your foundation, you can kind of, you don't have to keep hammering away at it and make it kind of, um, you know, like a, I'm just beating my head against a brick wall. But can I ask you something too? Because I'd like to tie this in with another question we talked about earlier, which was, um, is there such thing as a dead lead? Because people that work for the larger companies, right? Like you, I was there, like that was where I started. I have a lot of friends that are still there, right? And I, we work with new people that are dealing with these same leads, right? The dead leads. I would say, and again, it's anecdotal, it's based on my own experience, but what I saw doing this was why they were considered dead leads wasn't because of the value of the lead or the opportunity within the shipper. What was considered a dead lead were the notes that the person left before you. Well, when you consider the context of who called that person before you was likely somebody very new, likely somebody also learning to get their feet underneath them, like the information they're going to put about that lead is probably not that accurate because they probably weren't given accurate information. Because when we're early in our career, we get a lot of blow-offs. We get a lot of objections. We get a lot of shippers telling us they don't need help. The reality is, is that information isn't really valuable until they trust you enough to give you the right information. So when you've got a lot of people calling leads over and over again early on in their career, they may seem dead, but they can be very, very valuable if you're willing to travel a little farther down the road and follow up enough to get real information. 
Absolutely. Um, so everyone that builds a bro, uh, everyone that's looking to build or grow a brokerage, um, they have to have a solid foundation to start and even be able to grow on anything. Cause if I'm not a professional contractor, but I know that if you don't have a solid foundation for a house and try to put the house up too quickly, it's going to fall down. So what's the most important thing that you think that someone needs to have in their foundation before they even start to grow their brokerage? So, and I think it's the answer is simply it's, it's systems and all a system is right is a habit for a business, something we can rely on without having to make the decision on what we're going to do next, right? It gets built into your day. It's get built, it gets built into your week, right? And the two most important habits are learning how to generate leads where you're putting these leads and then in a separate activity, having time blocked out to go and execute on those leads. And I would say the biggest well, we'll go back to the reference, right? A foundation. One of the biggest reasons why houses are built on poor foundations or brokerages aren't able to grow is because they're all mixed together. They go, oh, I'm going to cover this load. Then I'll try to prospect. Then I'll research a lead. Then I'm going to go do this and pick up the phone call, right? Well, we all know that if you're doing 10 things at once in our head, no matter what it is, whether it's cleaning the refrigerator while you're doing dishes, while you're trying to do laundry, how effective <laughs> are we at any one of them? Not very, not very right. at all. <laughs> we need to be able to focus on what we're doing for enough time to actually get our mental energy and momentum around it, right? It's a skill like anything else, whether it's literally laying mortar and mixing it for a brick, they get better at it because they do it over and over again. Not because they mix mortar, then learn how to put a screw in here and then put a nail on this board. You do something over and over again. That's how you get better at it. And I think that's probably one of the main aspects of building a foundation that we could see brokerages improve on. And that's being able to differentiate and setting down and going, hey, this is what we're going to do and making sure they're protecting that time to execute it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, everyone, I feel like one of the most underrated things that everybody like neglects to spend a lot of time and focus on is... Um, time management, because it's so easy, even if you've been in the industry for a while, just to get sucked into the vortex that is responding to emails, responding to instant messages, going on a never ending loop of answering phone calls. And then you're suddenly it's the end of the day and you have no time to go back and put um, charges on shipments or work on any problems or get the documentation that you need to send a billing. So that way that like you can pay carriers. Uh, I think that that is one of the most undervalued skills or things that people should be focusing on. Because if you just take 15 minutes in the morning or afternoon or after lunch or whatever, to just gather all the documents you need to send to the billing department, oh, that's 15 minutes that you don't have to spend later in the day digging through things or trying to dig your way out of a like 20 minute email cycle hole. It is. And I, and I think you pointed out, I, I think one of the largest struggles for a lot of brokerages in their growth phase, right? Like they've been in business two, three years, they've got a handful of employees, there's money coming in, but they also kind of live in a prison of their own making where they don't find the ways to find time to get these things. And we get this question a lot, like, well, how do I grow? I can't get to this. I can't not do this. I need to pay these people. Otherwise it all falls apart, right? It's this big house of cards. And where a lot of that is rooted in, it's all human beings have a tendency to prioritize the urgent over the important, right? That adage of the squeaky wheel gets the grease. If I have one customer yelling at me, what am I most likely to do during my day? I'm most likely to go deal with the person that is the loudest, the person that's calling my phone, text messaging me and sending me emails and calling my assistant because they want an update on their shipment, right? Well, that customer 
when we take a step back as a brokerage owner, may not be the most valuable customer. In fact, usually the ones that are yelling and constantly need things are usually the lower margin customers that you do the lowest volume. But when you really sit down and get into the details and you can actually evaluate, to your point, time management, where your time was spent over the past week, it's usually spent on your least profitable, pardon my French, biggest pain in the ass customers. But very few and far between because they're so hard to get and acquire and we remember the effort it takes to get them, we hold on to them for dear life. Like they're so valuable that we never want it. But the reality is, is, when you can take a step back and see the forest necessarily for the trees and you realize like you're spending all of your time in an area that's really not giving you an ROI, your other customers that don't need as much sometimes and usually are the ones that are most profitable, but not very many times do business owners get a chance to step away from their business and determine whether or not this is somebody they even really want to work with, let alone. And that's that opportunity cost, right? But it's taking the time, I think, to evaluate whether or not it is a customer that you actually want to be spending time with. Yes, there are customers that I've worked with for years that I'm like, why do we still have them? They like we are losing money working on this account versus like by paying people to deal with these piddly little problems that they that they are creating themselves. So it's just it's a vicious cycle. Um, So we're almost out of time, but I have one more question. Uh, if you were to give one piece of advice to anyone looking to start a brokerage or maybe grow their brokerage, what would it be? One piece of advice. Listen to our show, Freight360.net. <laughs> Podcast comes out every week. Um, <laughs> I will actually second that. I have listened to the podcast and it is it is top notch. Top, top notch. Like we talked about earlier, right? I mean, most of what we put out and what we, you know, say as advice and hopefully helpful information to everybody else is, it's just because we've made enough mistakes just because we started our journey earlier, right? There is no magic sauce. There's no special recipe. Like a lot of it is just finding little incremental gains in every little activity you do throughout a day and trying to claw back some time so that you can reinvest that time in other areas. Maybe it's in improving your billing. Maybe it's in improving the growth of your brokerage, right? The industry is so broad and so vast that I don't necessarily think there's one thing that is valuable to everybody at the same time. But what I think is valuable is everybody taking the time outside of their business, maybe not necessarily listening to what we're saying on a weekly basis, but listening to somebody else, getting that outside perspective, right? Whether it's from freight waves, whether it's from you know other podcasts in the industry, What is important is taking the time to get out of the weeds and to be able to look back on what you're building and determine if it's going in the direction you want it to. And if it isn't, stopping, taking a breath and asking somebody outside for their opinion to maybe find some different perspectives. We all end up in tunnel vision when we're stuck in the weeds and brokerage is definitely one that, you know, perpetuates that where we get stuck in our shipments, our customers, the details, the problems that it's very easy to get lost in taking a step back and saying, I've been working in my business every day, but I need to take a step back and figure out how to work on my business. And what are the questions, the tasks, and the things that I want to accomplish over the long run? And if you can ask and answer that question, I think you're a lot better served than trying to fight the weeds to find the forest for six. <laughs> I think that probably is the best thing that I, best piece of advice for growing a brokerage I've heard. Uh, outside of the 3PL Summit, where can everybody find you? LinkedIn, Twitter, email? You can find us on LinkedIn. Um, we put a lot of content now out on YouTube. So Freight360 is our YouTube channel. We also have a Facebook page. And we also have a Facebook group that is approaching about 30,000 people, Freight Brokers and Carriers Network. 
And that's a community where everybody can ask and have questions answered by us along with other people in the industry. And it's just hopefully another free tool to help people along their journey. That's fantastic. Thanks for joining us today. It was a pleasure. Absolutely.